All right, before I get this episode going properly, um, there was just a car accident as I was about to start recording right outside the intersection. Um, it looks like a fucking sedan got hit by a truck on the front left, front right quarter panel near the, uh, like right in front of the front right tire uh two women got out of the sedan the guy got out of the truck um the car is still in the middle of the road i don't i heard it as i was about to start recording got up i was like what the fuck um i might put a clip in on the youtube uh video or on twitter if you want to see but uh, i'll try to get that right now well if you're wondering what happened um the cops are here now and I think stuff's getting handled, but an ambulance is coming for someone. I don't doesn't look like they're that bad, but I hope they're okay. Um, either way, um, let me take a break for this sound to go away. Okay, well that stopped. Um, so I guess now welcome to, to the fourth episode of season two of the Fun Time Podcast. Uh, you will see what the title is. Uh, I don't know what it is yet. Um, but yeah, um, comment down below if you like the new format. All right, I edited something out, but um, yeah, last week, uh, episode three started the variety format, uh, changed it up a little bit to include uh, two different topics, did the Pokemon game, Willy's Wonderland. So just let me know if that kind of thing is something that you guys would want to continue to see, like a variety sort of thing. And um, as always, um, suggest a topic that you'd like to hear about in the comment section. It could be pretty much anything. I mean, I'm willing to cover whatever um really so yeah uh i guess before i get into the main topic of today's episode i guess i'll talk about what i've been up to so oh, more sirens we're gonna pause for that okay sirens run away hold on had to burp too so that's lovely um but back to what i was trying to discuss before i was so fucking rudely interrupted by people needing medical attention um, I've been practicing guitar, not that I'm very good yet, I've basically just started trying to transition between chords, and because I haven't been practicing a lot, because I haven't had time recently, I'm not very good at it, but it's a process, um, I'm, I talked to my cousin about it, who's um, pretty fucking good at guitar, and he gave me some pointers that I pretty much had an idea about, but he just confirmed it, I was just like, is the best way for me to do this just to slowly sit there and go boom, boom, boom. And then he was like, yeah, it's pretty much your only option. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. So there's that. Um, I took a, I took some pictures with my girlfriend for my photography class. I had to do an implied narrative, uh, fucking photo shoot. And because that's not typically how I shoot, like usually when I go out, it's just like to take pictures of environmental stuff and maybe like, people in the street but it's never very much like I go out trying to do a certain thing it's really just I'm taking pictures of stuff that I think looks cool so it was a new thing for me so with her being like a theater person and all that she helped me out which is cool we got some good pictures some good stuff with the lighting from her pool and everything so that was nice uh it was really cool to do that with her um I got my first COVID shot today, so that was nice. Uh, the process was actually incredibly quick. 
the waiting period after getting the shot, the 15-minute wait period, was longer than the entirety of the process of getting it. So that was pretty sweet. Um, if you can do that, I would suggest go doing it. It's very important for you to do that. Um, I don't want to hear any fucking garbage about it um, because you're not qualified to say anything about it. Um, yeah, so I got that. That was cool. Um, my arm's a little sore, but I don't feel anything other than that. Uh, and luckily for me, I was able to schedule my second shot at the time of my first one, so that's nice. Um, and that was that if you're in Vegas, that's at the student union at UNLV. So if you're in the area, definitely go check that out. But yeah, if you are able to get that taken care of, I would highly recommend just getting that shit out of the way. Then it's something taken off your list of things to worry about. Uh, that was a great voice crack. We're going to fucking ignore that. Um, moving on. Um, I guess the last thing, I guess, is an update for what I've been doing is I started watching Hunters uh, with my girlfriend. I guess I can real quick look up a synopsis for that. Uh, it's a fucking show on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's basically about fucking um, Jewish people that survived uh, concentration camps and people that want to help them and stuff taking out Nazis that are left over in the United States. It's a pretty cool, pretty sweet. Uh, fuck Nazis. I don't feel like I should feel uncomfortable saying that because it's pretty fucking obvious. But yeah, it's a pretty good show. It's just uh, they show you how bad Nazis are, and then you get to see them die. So no real complaints there uh, from me. It's pretty good, uh, despite ratings. I know sometimes I can be a stickler with paying attention to that, but I don't agree with it necessarily because I think it only got... Let's see what we got here. 7.2 on INDB, which is not terrible, with 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't amazing. But uh, the synopsis is, on Google is Nazi hunters discover hundreds of high-ranking Nazi officials in 1977 New York City, conspiring to create a Fourth Reich in the U.S. The hunters set out to bring the Nazis to justice and thwart their new genocidal plans. So yeah, pretty sweet. Uh, Al Pacino's in it and uh, Logan Lerman, who is the fucking kid from Percy Jackson. So if you want to check that out, feel free. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, if you have that, and I believe there is like a joint Hulu-Amazon Prime deal for college students where you get both $5 a month, or yeah, Amazon Prime and Hulu, I think, so, or something like that, Spotify, I'll edit in whatever it actually is or put in the description, but it's something like that, so yeah, check that out if you haven't, and you want some stuff to watch and listen to, because it's a pretty good place for that kind of shit. All right, so now that we've covered all of that, we're going to get into the main topic of today's video, which is... Alright, I'm back with Drink in Hand, so we're going to be moving on to the main topic, which is an interesting connection between um, the film, the Lifetime film Cyber Seduction and uh, the TV show The L Word. So if you've watched any YouTube uh, film critics like Ralph the Movie Maker or uh, Aichi, I Hate Everything, I think did a video on this, or maybe someone else, like Cynical Reviewer. But uh, Cyber Seduction, His Secret Life, is a 2005 Lifetime movie with a synopsis of a high school kid who is played by Jeremy Sumter, who I believe played, um, Pin fuck it, I almost said Pinocchio, 
fucking Peter Pan in the 2000s remake. But it says a high school kid, Sumter, develops an addiction to internet porn so intense that it begins to destroy his life and tear his family apart. Now, if you've seen any of these reviews, you are well aware that it, what comes across as an addiction, one, doesn't seem that bad because it's pretty softcore stuff. But two, it's just fucking terrible because it's basically a movie by a bunch of 50-something-year-old women in a boardroom trying to tell people how young men handle pornography and masturbation and stuff and the movie basically villainizes that behavior in every way and it's i mean overall the handling of the whole subject is poor i mean it has a 3.3 on imdb it's just fucking it's so stupid if you want to watch a full proper review on it um i would recommend ralph the movie makers or um any of the other ones like that but the interesting thing about that and i will get to that is now there's another show that some of you may be aware of called The L Word. Now, the synopsis is... Sorry, I had to fix something. So the synopsis is, The L Word is an American-Canadian co-production television drama that aired on Showtime from January 18, 2004 to March 18, 2009. The series follows an ensemble cast of friends who live in West Hollywood, California. It featured American television's first ensemble cast depicting lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people. So we're talking a pretty forward-thinking TV show in terms of having that kind of representation because, like I just said, it came out in 2004. So this is a big deal. I'm sure that this show existing did a lot for people that needed, and rightfully so, needed to see representation of their own in television because it wasn't fair that it was just fucking straight white people running around. And it is more than just white people in this show. But that's... Besides the point, that's a separate case or separate point here. The big thing, I guess, or what I'm trying to draw connection to is that this show ran from 2004 to 2009, like I said, and Cyber Seduction came out in 2005. So that was during the runtime of The L Word. So the mother of the Justin Peterson, Jeremy Sumter's character, the kid who is stricken with this god-awful addiction to just ejaculating. Uh, his mother, the character Diane Peterson, is played by Kelly Lynch. Um, now, Kelly Lynch uh, was born in 1959 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and started her acting career at a small job at the Guthrie Theater. Uh, she did a bunch of other stuff, interesting. But um, the real thing that I want to get to is that Kelly Lynch was in the L Word, at the same time of the filming of Cyber Seduction. So what that means is, while simultaneously portraying a character who is vehemently against masturbation and pornography and stuff like that, while playing that character, she was simultaneously on the L word, playing a, I believe, a lesbian character, a transsexual character that ends up cross-dressing in order to be with a straight uh, African-American woman. And I can leave a link in the description below for a scene where they're doing like a reverse drag queen uh, performance. I think it's called a drag king, honestly. I don't know if that's correct, but it is what it is. Um, but so, yeah, um, I haven't been more shocked by something in quite a while um, I think this is a perfect example, like my girlfriend said, of actors just needing money. 
because this woman was doing completely polar opposite roles at the exact same time. On the one hand, you have this mother that's afraid of masturbation and her teenage son exploring his body and its maturing properties. And then on the other hand, you have her portraying a lesbian character who's cross-dressing to be with an African-American woman. But yeah, that's all I really have to say about the weirdness that is that. Um, I guess I'll get into the second topic that I've chose to go over for today, which is uh, Godzilla vs. Kong. Now, I haven't seen it yet. I do plan on doing a podcast about it because I have quite a bit to talk about in terms of my history with both uh, Godzilla and King Kong, and I'll also probably have a lot to say about the movie. Um, I mean, what I'm expecting from it is just an enjoyable uh, bunch of monsters fighting and shit. I know that oftentimes, especially with the last two Godzilla movies, like the setup around a lot of it is kind of bullshit and boring, and it is painful at sometimes. But it's also like I really like Godzilla and King Kong, so I'll I'll suffer through it essentially in order to see the two fucking big animals fighting, big monkey do punch. You know what I mean? But um, I'm definitely looking forward to checking it out. Uh, it released uh, the 25th of March, so a week ago or so. Uh, I guess I can read the synopsis, which is Kong and his protectors undertake a perilous journey to find his true home. Along for the ride is Jia. Jia? I don't know how to pronounce that. I haven't heard it pronounced yet. It's J-I-A, but Jia, an orphaned girl who has a unique and powerful bond with the mighty beast. Oh, fucking lovely. Uh, however, they soon find themselves in the path of an enraged Godzilla as he cuts a swath of destruction across the globe. The initial confrontation between the two titans, instigated by unseen forces, is only the beginning of the mystery that lies deep within the core of the planet. So, that core of the planet thing, I'm interested what that's about, because I was expecting the problem here to be like, Mecha Godzilla pretending to be Godzilla and causing issues, but I guess that would be a bit of a jump. Um because they've only done a few of these movies so far. But I'm interested with what the core of the planet thing is. Uh, obviously, we got fucking Millie Bobby Brown and back and shit. Uh, so there's that. Um, got okay ratings, a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, 79% of Rotten Tomatoes, 62% on Metacritic. Um, what's more interesting, I guess, is how much money the movie has been making so far. I'm going to include the links for these articles in the description and stuff, but um, I have a deadline one. Uh, Godzilla vs. Kong fires up $16.3 million in the first two days. So I guess um, that's across uh, 2,400 sites. Um, and, like, that's a lot for right now. Um like, it's during the pandemic and they're making money like this, so that's pretty good. Um, had a record opening day during the pandemic with $9.6 at the domestic box office. So it looks like it's hitting heavy in terms of being just a film that people want to see. Um, yeah, I have another uh, Hollywood Reporter article saying the exact same thing. With analysts reporting that the movie's going to make between 30 and $40 million in the first five days. Um, which is obviously a lot of money uh, to be making right now. Um, apparently it opened with a $123 million uh, foreign box office opening. 
which is also the best opening for a Hollywood film in the pandemic era, which is crazy uh, that ended up being this movie. It also could have very well something to do with the timing. Like, more people uh, can go see stuff now. More theaters are open. So it's very possible that that has something to do with it, not really anything to do with Godzilla and Kong. But at the same time, if it didn't have anything to do with it, the movie wouldn't be making the money. So I guess it's a... There's two sides to that entire deal there. I guess what I'm looking forward to most, though, is what this is setting up for the series. Since we have now King Kong and Godzilla fighting in a movie, and the movie is doing fairly well uh, at the box office and incredibly well in terms of doing well during the pandemic. So that's going to show Warner Brothers, the studio, that people do want this. People have been waiting for a Godzilla versus King Kong movie because I believe the last one was in the 50s or 60s, and that was also the first Godzilla film that was in color. So that was a big deal, and it hasn't been um, remade or anything since then. So I think this is a good thing for the studio to see that people do want to see this. So hopefully going forward, we're going to get some more serious uh, films, not serious in tone, but just more seriously handled um more branching out of the storyline and stuff, just more depth to the MonsterVerse, and I hope that this will give them the motivation to do that, seeing that people want it. But I think I'm going to end it here, since I don't really have much to talk about now, and I'm just going to keep rambling. So I want to thank you if you made it this far for listening. Uh, if you did make it this far, uh, leave a comment down below on YouTube or tweet at me, and I'll pin it or whatever, and say uh, fucking... Your greasy Q-tip if you made it this far, and I'll pin it and include that in your comment. Ignore the fact that my voice is repeatedly cracking, and I will continue. So yeah, thank you for listening. I will see you guys in the next episode where I will probably talk about Godzilla vs. Kong.